And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. Your host Andrew Schlecht, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, um, it was an interesting game last night. Not quite the result that we wanted, but um, right. Interesting, nevertheless, I would say. Yeah, it's certainly more in line with what I thought would happen at the beginning of the series. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't think Dallas had enough, and I didn't think Luca could do enough. And Luca, I think he like generated like 70 plus points yesterday. With mm-hmm. things like, and it still wasn't enough. And that really feels like that's like the reality that Dallas is facing. And then on the other side, like the Clippers finally got it together. Like yeah. Kawhi was great. And then they got enough from everybody else. Paul still kind of had his game seven Paul game, mm-hmm. but they, but the thing about it is like they have a team designed where you don't have to have those two be at their peak because you have a guy like Marcus Morris who was really good for them. And unfortunately, Reggie Jackson was really good for them yesterday. It was uh, was a miserable watch from my standpoint, but not a surprising one to me. Like, really, really not. Especially, like, Porzingis, his stat line looked fine. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I predicted... I actually predicted Clippers in five, which, obviously, I should never trust the Clippers that much. But... I, you know, I honestly, before the series, I didn't see a path to the Mavericks winning. Like, I just didn't really see it. Well, uh, the and then when one, they won, it was one, like yeah. shooting 50% from three. That, that is, that is a that path. Helps. But, that helps. Yeah, but, it, but it's not something that you, you can really count on. And, mm-hmm. and I, I really don't understand what is the, the plan defensively because I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's probably bad to not having a rim protector on the court. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't help. But if what you get instead is basically having your corner corners always, always open, then yeah. it's an easy adjust. And to be honest, I mean, the Clippers really played that uh, well. I mean, Tyloo exposed that kind of defense in, in a very good way. And yeah. I don't know. I mean... There are so many things that I don't understand about Game 7. Like, why do you play Trey Burke? I mean, why do you have all these adjustments? Why are you putting Brunson on the bench? Like, why are you leaving him there? I mean, the play yeah, he was minutes. not great in his first few minutes, but I mean... And he, was like, not he was like one of their best five players all season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's something that I, I don't quite understand. Um but if you want to take uh, the positive side, like last year, the Clippers went on winning four on four and two. Uh, now it's mm-hmm. uh, four, two, three. So it's actually worse than last season. There's no indication true. that they would have a better. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, the second. Round I mean, that's be, true though. That's true though to a degree. That's true though to a degree. If you if you take into account the fact that um, Dallas basically had two games where they couldn't miss, then it's probably a better series overall for the Clippers, but not that much. I mean, no. they they still miss Ibaka. They they have all the excuses, but I mean, they are not as dominant as a sure thing championship should be at this point. Maybe maybe this series will transform them somehow. Uh, that I don't know. Um, but the, the second round will be tough, like extremely tough for them because I don't think they will have um, an advantage um, because they like Utah has players that can guard them. And so mm-hmm. I'm really, really curious about what happens there. 
Well, they have a real big. Like Boban yeah, is, yeah. Like a, is a nice like ten to fifteen minute big off the bench. But on a team that is not great. The minute that Boban becomes very important to what you're doing, it you have to question what you're doing. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> to, yes. And Rudy Gobert is not that. And the, the reason they put Boban in there was because they were getting destroyed at the rim. Once the Clippers after game two, the Clippers started realizing, oh, we can get there whenever we want. Like the only adjustment the Mavs could make was okay. Well, let's make we'll just be much bigger than them, and we'll try that. And it just it didn't. It only worked when Luca was a flamethrower, and then when he yeah. wasn't, it stopped. And yeah. so now with Gobert, and you're playing against a team that really could shoot lights out for sit for yeah. seven games, yeah. and they have another. And he's not as obviously not. You know, we're close to as dynamic as Luca is, but Mitchell's really good. He's different. He's got that burst of speed. He's got the athleticism. He's a different player to deal with. And then the only thing that makes me question whether the Jazz can really pull it off is the Mike Conley injury. Mm-hmm. Like what is what does he look like? If he can play, I'm I probably pick the Jazz. If he can't, I think it's more of a toss up. Yeah, uh, it will be a test, nevertheless. If um, even if Conley is not hundred percent or he doesn't play the full series, I think Utah presents a different challenge to to the Clippers compared to Definitely. Dallas. And uh, that's it. So it's um, it will be extremely interesting. And again, um, it's probably they're probably in a better space right now than after uh, the first two games. But I mean, yeah. the road ahead is quite long and and they may very well be the best team coming out of the west because they have the talent to do it i mean they have it they do. um especially and, now especially now yeah. that like they they wanted to avoid the lakers they're going to avoid them all together yes and now like you have this injured chris paul team on the other side like this is their chance yes. if the clippers want a chance here's your chance clippers go get it now yeah and you have the we have the opportunity to have like the super villain NBA finals, which is Clippers Nets, right? Yeah, yeah, with the with the Nets not hundred percent as well. I mean yeah. there is probably the only completely healthy team is the Bucks, I would say. Yeah, and even they don't have DiVincenzo. Yeah, but that that's I mean, yes, everyone is not really, really hundred percent, but I mean yeah. at least they're best players are the best four players of Milwaukee are 100% healthy sure. as of today. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. cannot say the same about any other team currently mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and so um except for the Clippers where well, Clippers. Ibaka you can. So it's um it's curious. Ibaka and has been one of the best four players this year anyways. No, not with with Terrence Mann playing like that. Terrence Mann's good. Is he the <laughs> it's third not best good, but he had a great game. Uh, no, he is good. Stop it. I think he's good. He's borderline. He's a dude. Um, I wouldn't say he's a guy. Wow. Whoa. That's no, a I, I, love, I love him. That's a I hot take. Him. I don't know. I I love him, but he's a, is he starting on a different team than the Clippers? Do they want him to be their starter? I don't know. No. Start for the Mavs? No, I mean he he's a, not a starting level player as of today, in my opinion. Not continuously. He had a very very good game, he but him chucking trees and nailing jumpers off the dribble is not something that you can count on. You can count on all the other things. He does so much. Yes, he, d- he does a lot. Yes, I like him. I'm a big fan. Yeah, me too. I hate, the, I hate that the Clippers have him. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. Anyways, so that's big news. We have the full second round set. And now we the, really the, the next thing that's kind of on the NBA radar right now is the Blazers. And Neil O'Shea is in the middle, or I guess his press conference is over now. But he has just said some, some weird stuff. Uh, so one of his quotes, probably the one that's taken off the most I'm reading from Sean Hikins um, Twitter. He said that the first round loss was not a product of the roster. Um, so 
you can take that a few different ways. One, I don't necessarily, I do disagree, but I don't necessarily disagree in the fact that Denver was not at full strength Mm -hmm. and the Blazers were as close to full strength as possible. Mm -hmm. So that would be like the only argument that I would, that I could be like, okay, like I can see that. But the truth is, like they're just they don't have a good enough defensive roster. He also talked about how the media talks too much about there being three small guards, like and that Dame is a big guard and all this stuff. It's just it's just odd. Where I think it's obvious to anyone who's watched them that they need, there needs to be some roster churning that happens with the Blazers. I don't know exactly what the changes would be. I don't know what CJ McCollum trade is out there that makes sense for them, but there needs to be something. And then you have the whole Damian Lillard aspect of it where Dame said he wanted Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd said that he withdrew his name from consideration. Neil O'Shea came out and said, Hey, we haven't even talked about anybody yet. And it's a shame that they even got out there. Uh, There's just a lot going on. Uh, with the, with the Blazers, and I just I don't know what to think about it. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. I think you have Neil O'Shea, who's probably pretty is a, obviously a, a an accomplished GM, but also somewhat stubborn, and that should be very interesting. The coaching search is interesting. The Dame aspect is interesting because if Dame somehow gets on the market, like that's that's really something. I mean that's yeah, yeah, but that sounds that, that sounds a year down the line at least. Uh, I think that the um, well, if if you really want to start out from scratch, then then yeah, do it. Um, it's it's probably there are teams with a lot to offer, like really a lot to offer. Uh, you can get borderline, like you can get better offers than anyone, like yeah. uh, even even more than Harden probably. I would say that if you get more than what they got from Harden, then it's a. Uh, I'm not sure how. Um, mm-hmm. Any, if you want like a young star, then there's not many teams that can offer that plus like all the picks. But there are teams that can do that. The the, the Sixers can do that. But I would say that yeah. this is a tad early. Um, I mean. <laughs> Here we're talking it feels about that defense. way. It feels early. Yeah. Uh, sometimes yeah. things sometimes things sometimes things happen quickly though. I know, I know. But um there are ways in which you improve the roster without uh giving away Dame. Uh I'm convinced yeah. of that. Um I, I do think that there is uh, a scenario where CJ is moved because it's easy and you don't you don't sign Nurk uh, because it will take away uh, a lot of your cap space. Uh, you may try to do a sign and trade or something like that. Nurk has value. I, I don't know how much, but um, he's good enough, and um, someone will take him for the right amount of money. I do think that that duo, though, CJ and Nurk, um, you can get players that may not be like superstar in the market, but they make your roster better around them. Sure. Um, I mean... Uh, and, and Dallas is in the same position with yeah. CJ as they are with Porzingis. And that's and this is the problem is that there's no... I think if Bradley Beal was available, and he's not, by the way. Like, <laughs> I know we're going to talk about it. I know people are going to talk about it all summer, but the, the Wizards aren't going to trade Bradley Beal this summer. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. So what do you do? Like who's what's what's the move? Like what's the move with either team? Like it what would what would you do if you're if you're the Mavs? Like the Blazers, yes, they need to upgrade their roster. I wouldn't trade Dame. I wouldn't do it this summer. I would just try to do some things to appease him. You definitely have to make mm-hmm. some roster moves. You definitely have to hire a coach that he likes. Now if you can do that, then perhaps you can you know, kick the can down the road a little bit further and hopefully you win a series or win two series next year, which is still, still possible. I mean, it's still, it's funny. Like we talk about the Blazers and we talk about the Celtics as teams that are just sunk. Right. Mm -hmm. 
they're really not. <laughs> they have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was hurt. They're not as yeah. they're, the situation isn't as dire as it feels. Uh, and the same with Portland. Like they have Damian Lillard. Like the hardest thing to do, they've already done it. Yeah, they have to go do like the second and third tier hardest things, uh, you know, for an NBA team to do. The hardest thing is to find the guy. Well, they have one of the best guys in the league, so they don't have to like that box is checked. They just go have to go do the next level of difficult things. And if they can somehow wiggle their way into a better team, like you have to at least try before you just let them go. Yeah, and again, there aren't many options, um, but like names that are out there. I mean, Ingram is going to be probably moved, uh, or at least they will listen to to trades. Um, then you can probably what you, start. What's the value of Brandon Ingram? I, I have absolutely no idea. To me, uh, the the value that New Orleans will will place on him is higher than what the market is going to pay for him. Yeah. So if you're OKC, let's let's pretend that Oklahoma City's like okay. Oh, no, no, I, I wouldn't even go but close. Let's to that. just pretend. Just go with me. Just pretend for, for two, two plus 40, one. 45 seconds. Two first plus something else. Yeah. And is that enough for BI? Depends on the something else and probably how unprotected are those two first. But probably, what player? What player would you trade? Like, what's the player going back? Whatever is not Shea and they won't. Yes, yeah, it just becomes really difficult. That's I think it's hard to trade Ingram because he's... Oh, plus the filler, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the Thunder, you don't have to have filler. Like, they can take BI just exactly. onto your team. Yeah. Like, no worries. Mm-hmm. I mean... Anything out, is anything outside of Shea enough? Like if you're like, yeah, we'll give you Dort, we'll give you. Probably not, but but I, I wouldn't give more. Like what Bi plus Zion plus good players, they end up being a crappy team. <laughs> They're a really crappy team this year. And Ingram is such a strange player in this league, he isn't is. he? He is. Uh, he's not a great defender. He's not. Um, I don't know. Uh, he's weird. Maybe. Maybe is is because of coaching. I don't know. Give Carlisle that guy. Maybe with Luca they become a nice duo. Yeah. But if you think about the player that you want to put around Luca, this is not the guy. I no. want a guy like Clay, probably something like that. Someone like that, where like a better version yeah. of Hardaway, well, a guy that can. Jay mentioned it. Duncan Robinson. Jay mentioned in our chat this morning. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty good idea. But you want also defenders because clearly yeah. Dallas has a huge problem defensively, and it's not just the big men. It's it's more about how we go at defense. I mean, to me, if you have Porzingis, you have to drop. There is no other way. He's not good enough, and and they tried to play zone defense, and they were always late. So it's yeah. uh, you need to have better guards. I mean, Richardson was taken just because they thought, well, we will fix our defense because of that. And it's not like that. You can barely stay on the court. Like Hardaway is not a great defender. And um, it's it's tricky. Like Luca is not a great defender. So it's um, then when you lose every one-on-one situation, then yeah, you can blame Porzingis, but maybe you can blame all the other players that are not good enough to, to stay in front of their men. And so... Yeah. It's um it's tricky. I don't think that the CJ Porzingis swap work. I mean, it works probably financially, and yeah, if you if you want to 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 try to mix it up, then yes. But uh, I would I would I would say that to fix both these teams, you have to make a crazy offer to Boston and somehow hope that Brad Stevens knows something and they they want to to split the. Um, Brown Tatum duo because mm-hmm. Brown will probably help both teams equally. Yeah, they need yeah. a guy like that. They need a yeah. great defender that is a forty percent shooter and has the size to guard a lot of. I would, I would also, if Toronto is somehow not in a win now mode, I will try to see if Anunoby is available yeah. for both those teams. You need guys like that. You need tall guys that can shoot the basketball. 
even even Pascal Siakam to a degree. I mean, he's not a shooter, but he's a guy that will fit okay. Um, well, I would say he will fit very well in both teams. Mm-hmm. I, I trade, think they would you would you if you're Toronto would you trade Siakam for Brandon Ingram? No. Um, if I was to 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 take a decision in Toronto, then either I rebuild. And then I, I don't want anything back. I just want to say, well, we won a title. This team is going absolutely nowhere. I have two you wouldn't, guys. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just want Ingram? And No. No. Hmm. Why? Okay. That puts you in the middle. Ingram, to me, is not the number one guy. No. He's probably not even a great number two as of today. Maybe he is in the right situation, but, I mean, why? I mean, Pascal is not the number one either but maybe i can get something for him he he would make a ton of sense in minnesota as well i mean teams mm. like that well, like let's just try to see if there is value out there and and if it is then yeah i mean trade yeah, at I'm least trying to one. Think of, i'm just trying to think of ingram swaps that make sense it sounds like you just want to punt ingram to the moon no you can you can send him to miami Miami is a team where he might be okay because you have What's a dog trade. Engine. What's the trade though? Oh, you, you can probably sign and trade uh, Duncan Robinson and then give assets. Not sure how much, but at least two first. I just, that just feels gross. Yes, but every trade with Ingram will feel that way. I mean, for Miami, it's, a, it's not a bad proposition because you get someone yeah. that is probably a little bit um, was undervalued for the circumstances this season. You don't want to overpay Duncan Robinson. Uh, he fits okay. His sports are always. I mean, you remember Ellington? Ellington seemed the guy. Like he was shooting lights out. Then he goes to Knicks, and yeah, he's good, but not that, not that much. I mean, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Take a guy that can shoot the basketball, and sports will, will just make him shine. Yeah, so that's true. That's something true. like that. And, and I don't know if if that is enough for uh, for New Orleans. That that sounds bad, um, but you can you can at least try to pretend that like two two three first and a signing trade. Uh, if you're Miami, it's not a given that you will do much better in the next two two and a half years in terms of free agency. If if Kawhi is not coming. Uh, then of course you wait for Kawhi, but if that doesn't materialize this season, then over the summer you just have to make a decision. If you resign with, uh, if you sign re up with the with the Clippers, then what is your big free agent to to wait? Who is him? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Then then let's try to 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 make the the most of the Butler air, which will probably have at least two years or I would say at most, I don't know. He fits very well. I mean, he's a wing, he has size, you have Adebayo, you have him, you have Harrow, you have Butler. That is a pretty good unit if you can re-up with Dragic. That is a that is a better roster than the one that they had this year. Yeah, they'll re-up with Dragic, I think. Yeah. I think that'll happen. That is another guy that makes sense for the Mavs. Oh, yeah. He's such a Mav, too. Yeah. Yeah, he and Luca shared a lot, so... Yeah, what did the Mavs do with Porzingis? That is a guy that if I was prestige, I would I would be available. I'm not sure I want to give anything up, but if if they want Horford and a little little sweetener, then yeah, let's let's talk about that. Well, let's talk about that. So <laughs> what's what kind of sweetener are we talking about here? I don't know. Not a first. Not a full first. They probably want players, right? Yes. So you I mean, Porzingis well, you have to give them Horford. Yeah, Horford for sure. Like that. That's like an upgrade today. Is it an upgrade the year after? Probably not. He's ten years no. older. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. And then, if... and then, like, what else? Because the thing about this Mavs team is that they're not far away, mm-hmm. right? If they had 
a couple more pieces that could do something, then you're there. Like, I think Ty Jerome would be like the perfect Mav. He's got to opt into his contract, right? Well, you, yeah, you can give, yeah, you can trade him. But again, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know if they want Horford to be here. I'm not sure if they value the, what, what is the situation if, the, if you don't trade him? Um, if you don't trade Horford, you just keep him and just get Porzingis in your cap space. Do they have space? Say it again. But just don't trade. If yeah, just... yeah. Just don't trade Horford. Um, I not enough space, right? Yeah, that's that's eleven million. Like that's not enough to play with. No. no and then you got to play Hardaway. Like, yeah. There's nothing there. That's the problem. Is that if you're the Mavericks, you have to upgrade. And then if you're, if you're the Mavericks, like okay, like the Horford thing we like, but we need more. Like we need to upgrade. Like Gabriel Deck's not doing anything for us. Darius Baisley's probably not doing anything for us. No, Kenrich is helpful, Kenrich? but I don't. But, but I don't know if I don't know how the Mavs view him. Right. Yeah. So if you did Kenrich and Horford for Porzingis, is that enough? And like, yeah, and like maybe you could give like your one of your decent seconds. In this no, draft. it's not enough. Like, that's probably not enough. And then, like the only like real upgrade, like you're not trading Dort, you're not doing that. Um, really I, I don't know else. if this is. I don't know if this is this is the trade though. I wonder if you can take a, another team into the mix, like Sacramento, yeah. um, or a team that has a wing, or or Toronto, and. You just and certainly Sacramento would probably like to get involved somehow. Yeah, but they don't. You don't want to send back Barnes. It doesn't work. Probably not. Probably not. No, to me, to me, the deal is let's try to see if there is a team. Well, you take take the um, the the idea with the with with the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Say that the Raptors are going. Like they want to 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 just send all the talent that they have away, mm-hmm. and you can you can trade Porzingis to the Thunder because the the, the Raptors may not want him, and you get uh, Pascal and you the Mavs the Ma- the Mavs get Pascal or Anunobi or whatever, and Toronto gets space. Is Pascal the yeah. guy you want next to Luca though? Um, in terms of shooting, probably not. In yeah. terms of playing, um, in transition and give energy and maybe yes. Yeah, he's better than Porzingis, but I don't know. Do you like Mavs? Yeah, I do. He's a Mav. Like he's a total Mav. Water bug. Point guard. Yeah, but but can you can you trade both Vampleet and Anobi to to the Mavs? I don't know if they have enough. I mean, I don't know that you want to trade an Anobi, even if you're rebuilding. Anobi's not going to pull you to the middle by himself. No. Fred will Fred will probably do it though. Vampleet can. Vampleet yeah. is an option, but I I'm not sure how much how much he moves the needle. He will he will fight hard. Uh, so he will be, yeah, he will. I mean that that helps them quite a bit. I mean he's easily the second best Maverick then. Yeah, because he's good. Like he's really good. And Luke, Hope, are you trying Luke to Hope make him better? Are you trying to keep Porzingis anyway? And try Can to. You? Tr- I don't know how much he makes. Twenty five. Yeah, I just don't know that you can pull that off. Yeah, probably you can with Kleba and Powell and and Richardson. I mean, yeah, you can make the money work there, but like, what's the incentive for Toronto? Picks. Yeah, players that that, that don't mean anything, and picks player that you can reroute to other destinations. Like Richardson can go anywhere. Uh, so yeah. can Kleba and or Powell. I mean, you can get Powell to OKC for nothing, and it will say, okay, yes. The problem, the us. problem with that is like you're. 
you're taking three rotation players and turning them into one. Yeah, a much better one, though. He's better, but I just don't know how much better you are then because then you have to fill those holes. And then who, who are you filling it with? They were playing Trey Burke. They didn't, Having but minutes. that's they didn't have to. They didn't have to. I don't believe they I had don't to. Know. They were playing Marjanovic. I think that was an error. Yeah, they were playing Marjanovic, sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard. I mean, Horford will make them better, but I'm not sure He'd that swapping Horford for... I, I mean, I probably having both Horford and Porzingis is something that makes them better. Um, but again, what's yeah. it's, a, it's a bad use of cap space, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you could do the same, like, Maxi Powell, Richardson to yeah. get you there. Yeah, and then make picks. Any sense. And then Thunder would have that mess to yeah. trade off. Because, I mean, all those guys are old. Yeah, it's, um, you know? it's tricky. It's tricky. There is not much. Um, <laughs> but Toronto, Toronto, to me... Toronto to me is a is a good. I I I really think that Toronto will try to to see what's out there for their. Yeah, time. it's yes. it's the the path for them to be bad. It's very easy. It's very very sure. easy. Sure, they have to move three guys that have market, and or at least two of them. Like they, if they move Pascal and and, Sia, and, and Van Vliet and they don't resign Lowry, which. That is a player that Portland can try to get if they somehow move McCallum. That is someone that will play and will probably help them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And you reunite him That's with Powell. Right. And um, I mean, those are players that I would really try to uh, to see if they are available. And maybe they they don't want that. Maybe they want to be buyers and and give it another run. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, maybe they use their pick, like the seventh pick, and use it to go get somebody. It's possible. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. All right. Let's go to the stream real quick. See who has joined us today. Hoops Talk 69 is here. Kyle Clark, Jordan Riddles, Electric Caveman is here. Uh, Let's see. Um. Chad Scott in Yukon, Oklahoma, Falcon, Denmark. We have people blaming me for the uh, the Mavs uh, <laughs> the Mavs loss. Thank you. I have so much power. Kirk T in Lexington. We have Bryce Little in Ponca City. We have Jamie Taylor in London. Welcome. We have Christos in Greece. We have Mister Vengeance in. Guernsey, we have, uh, let's see, Michael Clampett and Edmund OK represent. And yeah, thanks so much for joining everybody. We will take a quick break. And on the second half of this, we're just going to work on more more, more NBA chit chat. So we'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And we're back from that quick break. McKellie, the draft lottery... It's 15 days away. It's a huge day in Thunder history. And we've started going through some prospects ourselves uh, as a part of the Thunder After Dark NBA draft series that we're doing for the OKC Dream Team. So if you 
would want to know our individual analysis on these players. We're going to release a, uh, a podcast about each prospect over the course of the next several weeks leading up to the draft. So you can go check those out. That's at patreon.com slash OKC Dream Team. But as you just holistically, as we dig into these prospects, uh, like how how important would you say it is that they land in the top four or five? Oh, it's the most important. Um, there is um, a comment in the chat that I really liked. I'm not sure I agree, but it's um, it's... It gives context. Uh, XG Graphics says, I disagree. I think finding the guy is easier than building correctly. Um, I'm not say I, I don't want to say it's easier because there are so just so many uh, of those players. You have probably three or four uh, in the league right now where you can say, yeah, that guy is the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe five. Um, but building around the star and making the right moves is exceptionally difficult. And I think that sometimes you need also luck. Uh, you need many things, but um, having that guy is important. And OKC, okay, okay. I don't think they have that guy right now. Shea, don't get me wrong. Shea is a very, very good player. Um, mm-hmm. He may be an alpha guy, uh, but he's not LeBron. He's not Luca. I mean, we all seen what Luca can do on the floor. Shea is not mm-hmm. that as of today. He's not Kawhi. Kawhi just took the Clippers and willed them to the second round. Yeah. Um, and so getting a top five pick is getting a chance, a higher chance of a guy like that. And mm-hmm. and OKC is already. I'm not saying they they have the roster, but they have a flexible roster that already makes sense. They made sense at the beginning of last season where they had Horford Horford and Hill together with Shea. That roster was functionally playing basketball at a good level. I mean, Mm -hmm. take a player that is a very, very, very good player. You already have the concept of of the team. And so nailing that pick this year, and if they have to, that's, that's... extreme luck but um getting one and getting a player like sucks like mobley Cade, um whoever they will get um it's um it's not everything but it's what they need right now more than any other thing because they have the space to then try to either develop which is what you have to do in okc or try to get players because even in the last few years when they got free agents, they got Burks, Muscala, Noel. So they have mm-hmm. they have to develop them. There's yeah, you're no talking other way. Eighth, eighth best player at best. If things are spectacular, you get your eighth best guy. Via free agency, yes. This yeah. is how tight um, the choices are for OKC. And so nailing that pick is, um, is extremely important. It's a big deal. Because uh, if you nail this pick, if you nail this pick, and then the Mavs are just like, okay, we're desperate to just get off Porzingis's money, and we'll take first round picks back, which we feel like we can use at, you know, we can use that to help us facilitate trades later. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what we want, and we want the space because mm-hmm. we're a larger market. We have Luca already. We feel like we can get player X to come in 2022. So all we need is we, we just need the cap relief and we need assets like additional assets, either young players or picks back just so that we can use those to go get somebody else. If you're the thunder and you nail this pick and you get halfway through the season, you're like, Oh, okay. We, we did it. <laughs> We've accomplished our goal. And, and maybe, and you hit and, and maybe like Poku takes a jump and so-and-so happens. And like, okay, like you have your chance to kind of like redo like the Tyson Chandler trade, right? And go get like Porzingis is still young. He's still a guy that I think can develop. I think he's a guy that we've seen it time and time again. And just with this particular Thunder team is that the organization has a way of making players comfortable. They have a way of bringing the best out of players. 
and the list is long, right? The list is long of guys that have come here and that have changed the course of their careers. You know, you talk about younger guys. I mean, Dion Waiters was not somebody that was looking to get paid until after he came to Oklahoma City. Uh, Ennis Cantor got a big fat contract because he played really well in Oklahoma City. Dennis Schroeder was a guy that got traded for a first round pick because of what he accomplished in Oklahoma City. I mean, and then you get to like the bigger names like Chris Paul. They had to sweeten the pot a lot to get there to trade for Russell Westbrook. And now that trade seems ludicrous. It seems crazy. But that happened here in Oklahoma City. And, you know, if you even you read the story that Sam Amick wrote about the trade that was made and then, like, the, the situation afterwards where Chris Paul was like, they, the Thunder presented him with something. Chris Paul was like, no, like, you don't understand. Like, I'm going to play. Like, they had this plan to, yeah. you know, taper off his minutes and do all these things. He's like, like you... You don't, you don't understand. And the Thunder weren't like so rigid where they were like, no way, you're going to do what we say, and that's what's going to happen. Like they're adaptable. And they moved around, they moved some things around, they made it work for him. And I don't know the situation with Porzingis. I can't sit here and say, I know exactly what's happening. I know the Thunder could fix it. I don't know that they could. I don't know that he isn't just been so hurt in his career that he just can't recover and be the same guy. But I know the Thunder have done a really good job of rehabbing guys' value and bringing them back and having them play really well. And so if I'm the Thunder, I almost take a chance on myself because Porzingis is like one of the original unicorns, right? Yeah. Block shots, shoots threes, could create a little bit for himself. You know, I... And for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out with Luka, which makes me worry about it working with Shea... But if it's with Shea and another player, and you don't have to like Luca's your third or fourth guy, you don't have like you're not you don't have to worry about it too much. And because of where the Thunder are with cap flexibility and the fact that these younger guys don't need to be paid for a little while, like it's not it's not going to kill you. Like it's like it's killing the Mavs right now. Like yeah. It's killing their flexibility. It's keeping them from being able to do what they need to do. For the Thunder, it just wouldn't really matter as much in that way. Yeah. And so it's it it makes some sense to take a risk there. Just but it all depends. Like if they end up with the 7th pick and you're like, "Okay, like a Porzingis move would push you or you like the 7th best team in the West at best, you know, if things go really well." Mhm. And it's like, "Is that where you want to be?" Like, absolutely not. No. Like that's not no. that's not what you want. No, um no, but you may I mean, it depends on what is your read on on Porzingis. I mean, I see a guy that took nine or more trees just five times over forty three games. Uh, yeah. I mean, Muscala probably took, had more games sure. with nine or more trees, uh, or at least the per minute trees for Muscala were much higher, and he was playing with Shea. Yeah. I mean, if you have a guy like Porzingis, you want him to be your like to really, really stretch the floor from you. And and as you we know, I mean, if you give him a guy for threes for the entire series, then you you don't have the spacing. I mean, mm-hmm. if I had Porzingis on my team, he would take eight threes per game, like as an average. He should. Not yeah. five point five or or I mean he should just hoist an, an insane amount of trees yeah. um and yeah. and and to me there is still value uh, i mean you have the concerns because his body will probably hold him to something like 50 something like between 40 and 55 games mm-hmm. that is that is a huge um thing because you pay a guy 30 millions just to play half a season basically it's a big concern it's, it's a, a huge concern. concern, but if you if you don't see the money as, I mean, as something like you said, the Mavs are having right now because they they have an issue in terms of cap over the next few years. The cap may go up, and so you have a guy that may may be um, a risk as of today. But if if you have the money to do it, then then it's less uh, of a risk yeah. and just. Uh, if the asset that you send away is just a future first, or maybe say that you struck luck with the first pick, but you still have the Miami pick and Dallas says, okay, 
then mm-hmm. let's try. I mean, if yeah. it's that and and Kenrich, I love Kenrich Williams um, or Ty Jerome. I love Ty Jerome as well because I think that those players will be useful going forward. But mm-hmm. you try, and and you see if yeah. The the thing is like at the end of the day, the Kenrich Williams and the Ty Jeromes of the world don't matter as much as yeah. getting your third or fourth best player in the league. Like they're Can in you the, you know, on your space? team. This, I mean, if you have a starting unit with, um, say, you 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 somehow draft Sucks or Green, yeah. then you have Shea, Green, Mijic, um, Bokushevsky, and Porzingis with Dort coming off the bench. And <laughs> you're just the, you're just a wacky, fun. You're flying all over the place. Everybody's shooting. Everybody's making plays. Yeah. I mean, it's who's killing that, spacing there? Who is the guy who yeah. stops the ball? I mean, nobody. No, yeah, nobody. It, there's no record scratch guys on that team. The, the guy who basically will pass the least is probably Lou. Um, but but he's but also he's not bad. He's not a record. No. He's not he's not record scratch Robertson. You know, he's really no. not. No, 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 no. And again, the, and probably he and Porzingis will be the guys where if you're open, just shoot it. And yeah. the other guys are there to create. That is a team that. I mean, I'm. I just, uh, I just want everything to go well, and they have yeah. a team that 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 makes sense on the court. Yeah, um, but, well, the, I mean, and that's I, the thing with the Thunder, and like we're talking about this, and the reality is, it's probably not happening. Like none of this is probably happening. But the Thunder have given themselves the opportunity to be flexible enough with space, to be flexible enough with assets. My my assumption is that they won't aren't going to be looking to absorb a player to add to this team. I think they will be looking to absorb a player's contract in order to accumulate additional assets. That would be that's my if I were to make a educated guess based upon the past, I would say they are going to be just have a message sent out, just a, a massive group text out to every other team in the league saying, hey, if you guys need to unload anybody, let us know. <laughs> like, if you need space for something to work, we're, we're the one. We're it. Yeah. And except, that, except that to me is, is, is more likely than it is that they're like calling around me like, okay, we got to upgrade this spot. We're going to upgrade that no. spot. How are we going to do this? I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I really do think that they are still like the, the plan is and probably should be slow, methodical building through the draft, um, through moving up in the draft, through trades that you make. Maybe you acquire a pick that you combine it with another pick and that gets you up to 10 or that gets you to 12 or whatever you want to do like the Cole Aldrich trade comes to mind obviously that didn't go well but maybe you do it the second time and you and you nail that 10th pick or 12th pick or whatever it's going to be so the the Thunder have the flexibility to do a lot and this conversation just kind of that rings true and that this is this is just the direction they're heading is very flexible would you trade for would you accept to take in Eric Bledsoe or Kemba Walker, I I struggle a lot with no. that. I don't I don't think so. I mean, then it would you'd have to be heavily incentivized to do so. How how heavy? Describe heavy for you. Like two picks, three picks, two two like top three protected picks. Yeah, I I don't know about that though. He Kemba Kemba to me is not that bad. Kemba is not that bad. Kemba, yeah. you can you can still think that OKC may pull off um, not a Chris Paul season, but a season where you play Kemba sixty games because you don't have to play him eighty two, and yeah. he somehow finds great chemistry with Shay. He has an amazing season, and you can still say, "Well, we got two, and now we got two more." Mm-hmm. Um, that that is even if you draft. Jalen sucks. Yeah, maybe you don't get Mitchich if you want to trade for Kemba because you can trade Mitchich or you do something like that. Um, but you can still trade for Kemba and 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 be happy with the uh, with the results. It's it's probably a reason where you don't tank. 
because Kemba Kemba plus Shea, you are probably going to win 30 plus, 35 yeah. plus. But yeah. still, with Bledsoe to me, it doesn't make any sense. Unless yeah. you say, well, Eric, we will buy you out. We we just pay. We, we don't stretch you. We just pay. Whatever you can give us, it's fine. And then we'll have you on the books. And then, then yes. Then mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. I'm just really intrigued to see where all this goes for the Thunder this summer. So, all right, 15 days, guys. Uh, I'm I'm working some stuff out. I think we're probably going to have a lottery party. So just be ready Great. for that. Um, I've called, made some phone calls to uh, a few different local establishments, and uh, it will not be that hard to pull off. So just go ahead and mark your calendars if you're from the surrounding areas are from here. Just be prepared. Just come, just come join us. We'll all enjoy this together. So, all right. We will talk to you guys again Wednesday. Alex and I'll be back talking about what's going on in the playoffs. Anything new with thunder or if we can just make up something to talk about, we're going to do it. All right. Make sure you follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barry. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Leave us an Apple podcast review. Five stars only, please. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.